Welcome to the New Zealand Welcome West Podcast by my daddy, Sunny. My name is Anna. Thanks, Anna, for the wonderful introduction. Thanks for listening to the New Zealand Wealth and Risk Podcast. My name is Sunny Bailey, and this podcast is about wealth, defined broadly, defining it, making it, growing it, protecting it, enjoying it, and sharing it, and anything else that I think might be relevant, interesting, and useful. This is the second iteration of the podcast. I started in 2017 and recorded um, seven substantive podcasts of various lengths, which I'm including on this new feed for historical reasons, and also because I still think that they continue to be useful, relevant, and interesting. Apart from adding the intro and outro, I haven't done any editing whatsoever, so apologies if there's any double up from this section to the next, and also for any audio issues, um, which isn't to say there won't be audio issues in future episodes. Like anything, these things are a work in progress. Thanks, and enjoy! This particular episode was titled Retirement Planning and Whole of Life Planning. It was published on the 15th of August 2017. This is Sunny Bailey. This is the first episode of the New Zealand Wealth and Risk Podcast. Now, the influence for this particular podcast is an article that I've just finished and published. It's called Retirement Planning and Whole of Life Planning. I've been very much going down the rabbit hole with respect to retirement planning recently, um, influenced by a number of factors. One of the, the first of those was the, the recent Westback and Massey University Retirement Guidelines publication, which talked, um, amongst other things, about requiring in the vicinity of $460,000 accumulated in savings at retirement to enjoy what they refer to as a, a choices retirement in an urban centre as opposed to a no-frills um, retirement. Now, I'm, I'm deeply ambivalent about research like this. I find it really handy in the sense that it, it gets people thinking and it does give some tangible figures it's, it's something that, that people write articles about and it, it, it's probably a better figure than, say, the, the $1 million figure that you often hear in terms of what you need to retire. On the flip side is that, I mean, everyone's different. Saying that you need $460,000 to retire is, is kind of the same as saying that a, fam, a household with, with two adults and two children requires an income of of $100,000, for example, to have a, a choices lifestyle. Every household is different in terms of the income it generates and the the expenses of that household. And so it really is deeply personal and, and everyone needs to have a different figure in order to have the retirement that they want to have. Um, I'm aware of, for example, some people who are on New Zealand Super and it's the, the richest they've ever felt. And and it and again, it comes down to what your expectations are and everyone's different. It's been a number of other influences. Um, I've been reading a lot 
on the Retirement Cafe blog by Dirk Cotton, and that's a really terrific resource if you're interested in looking at it. Of course, I've been talking with a lot of clients about retirement, um, many near either the start or the middle of their careers, but also um, quite a few people who are getting near the end and are just wanting to, to make sure that they're on track or that whether there's anything more that they can or should be doing or, or, or thinking about. Most of those people have been really thoughtful um, because they've been giving it a lot of consideration before going to an advisor. I'd also um, mentioned that I went to the National Advisors Conference recently and one of the, the speakers was uh, Dr. Randall uh, Phillips, Ran- Philip Randall and he talked a lot about retirement and I thought he was really quite provocative um, or thought-provoking at the very least about putting retirement in the broader context, which is what I'm really talking about today. Um, re- retirement needs to be planned for, but we need to ensure that we don't look at it in myopic terms, um, for example, just focusing on the financial side of it. And in fact, it's worth taking a step back further and thinking about retirement planning in the context of, of planning um, throughout your entire life. So that, that brings me to, to one of the first insights that that I discuss in my post, and, and that is, it's, it's really, labels can be useful, um, but sometimes they can be a hindrance rather than a help, and I almost suspect that that is the case, especially for young people when they're thinking about retirement. Um, like so many labels, it's easy to think of retirement in, in binary terms. Either you are retired or you're not retired. Whereas, like so many things, it, it, you can think of it as a spectrum. So, for example, my, my wife and I are young. We're probably approaching the, the middle of our professional careers and we could very easily be working, um, quote, crazy hours, you know, 60 plus hours per week, both of us, um, which I guess you could argue was being fully employed, or um, which is the opposite end of the spectrum of being retired or not being employed whatsoever. We're, we're kind of in a middle ground. Um, my wife's a fairly highly paid professional and she's made the decision that she only works to work two to three days per week and and have the rest of her time to, to do things that are valuable for her but also to help with the household and, and to be able to spend time with, with our children. And I'm in a similar boat in the sense that I'm self-employed um, which gives me a fair amount more flexibility than in a traditional employment position. Um, whether I work more or less than the standard 37.5 hours, it probably comes down to, to how you define work. Um, but in a lot of ways, um, you could make an argument either way. So it's worth thinking about retirement from that perspective. It's we could be working those those crazy hours and trying to save money so that we don't technically need to work or become financially independent sooner. But in some ways, we want to balance that decision and, I guess, have a higher quality of life, at least by our definition, in the meantime. 
And another corollary of that is that, um, uh, personally, that the idea of reaching a certain age and then just stopping work is anathema. And that that may be a personal thing, um, but it's uh, certainly a legitimate decision for, for most people to make that... Um, it's it's legitimate to to want to die with your boots on, and in some ways that's what I want to do. I enjoy what I want to do. Um, it gives me a lot of benefits, not just financial. And so I would love to be able to continue doing what I'm doing well into my my sixties, seventies, and 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 eighties, hopefully. Um, and over the decades, I I hope that I'll have built up a lot of um, skills and, and knowledge that I can use to, to provide value to other people. And so that's another factor to, to consider. Um, it's, it's one thing to get, want to get into a position where you can retire um, completely, not have to work, but the reality is, is that you might want to. And that brings me to, I guess, one of the next points is that um, retirement... <laughs> It's, it's easy to think of it in financial terms, and I mean, finance is a part of it, and that is traditionally, for example, been where financial advisors come, and that's what where I part of the conversation, a huge part of the conversation I have with my clients in terms of working out what their trajectory currently is, what their retirement position might look like, and what they actually what position they want to be in when they get to that stage. Um, and that, that's all really relevant and appropriate, or, um, but perhaps with the fact that more and more people are going to be um, working beyond 65 or reducing their hours um, as they get older while still being able to, to provide, um, pay for their lifestyle, um, it can take the pressure off a little bit. Um, but, it, but it's worth thinking that, that retirement planning isn't just financial. Um, people, people work for a number of reasons. And it, it, partly it is to, to, to get money, um, but we get a lot of other benefits, and that includes um, social benefits. It gives us something to do. Um, a lot of people are lucky enough to really enjoy what they do, and it becomes a core part of their identity. And I, I had a conversation recently with someone who um, semi-retired, which is really a euphemism for fully retired, um, several years ago. And he said to me that the, the feeling on that day um, of retirement, it wasn't one of, of joy or freedom or anything. It was one of utter or complete desolation. Um, and when you're... Life revolves around work to a large extent, and, and it does for most people. Um, it dictates when you wake up, um, what you wear, um, what time you come home from work. Even the recreation that you do um, is often to give yourself more energy um, when you get back to, to, to the office or to, to your workplace next. And so, so that was a really interesting conversation, and, and he has since gone... Um, back to work on a part-time basis and I think that that's something that we all need to consider. If we're going to stop working, um, there, there can be a vacuum in your life if you haven't planned more broadly um, from that social perspective, what you're going to be doing um, and and uh, even from an identity perspective, how are you going to identify as someone who is no longer in the, the workforce 
if that's what you want to do. It's uh, planning for retirement. Um, there are a number of uncertainties as well, and we need to, to factor those into our plans. Um, one of them is, is is career risk, and this is again most relevant for people who are nearer the start or the middle of their career. But it's also um, very apparent for people who are near the end. Um, for too many people, retirement is a euphemism for being displaced from the workforce. Now that's a risk that we need to acknowledge and we need to to manage ideally and that I guess can come at any stage of your career um, but we need to be to, to have our eyes wide open to that. There are of course financial risks associated with planning for retirement. You may not save enough so that you won't have enough to, to maintain the lifestyle that you are used to or that you're expecting. You can invest inappropriately um, and that can work both sides. Um, you can either invest um, in, in a way that you, you lose a substantial amount of your money or you can actually invest and not aggressively enough and and um, as I've demonstrated before on my website, um, just using simple Excel spreadsheets, um, if you um, leave, say, a 2% return each year off the table, then that can result in your retirement outcomes potentially being hundreds of thousands of dollars worse than it would have otherwise been, and that, that's a risk as well. Um, there's also the risk of being um, inappropriately in, insured as something catastrophic um, happens. Now I'm a big advocate of, of um, the fact that some people are overinsured um, and paying more premiums than they need to, um, but there are absolutely people who need to be insured um, for those catastrophic risks to ensure that um, either they or their loved ones don't end up suffering more than they need to. Um, in terms of other uncertainties, um, government policy is, is another one. I mean, New Zealand at the moment, um, I'm, I'm proud to be a Kiwi, I mean, especially when I compare New Zealand's um, system compared to, say, the US in particular, um, both in terms of um, superannuation, where um, anyone basically over the age of 65 um, receives the New Zealand super, regardless of their, their, their means, their asset situation or their income, whether they're, they're working. Um, New Zealand has a fairly robust public health system and also has a good system for people who require residential care in terms of subsidies and ensuring that the, the costs aren't absurdly high. But that can change. I mean, I'm not going to be in my 60s and for another several decades and I'm under no illusion that governments change and policies change. Um, New Zealand super um, already in recent years has increased from 65 to 67 for my wife and I. I try not to think of the fact that that has reduced our lifetime income by 62,000, i.e. two years of superannuation. Um, but that's the outcome of that and oh, I kind of expect that um, that will probably continue the increasing of the age. Um, means testing may very likely come in. 
and um, the amount of New Zealand super may also reduce. Um, I don't know those things. Um, it's possible that, that policies may be implemented that, that benefit wealthier people. Um, you just look at the Australian superannuation system and if New Zealand were to follow suit, that would actually benefit people who were wealthier um, so who really knows what policies will come in. Longevity risk is another one. Um, no one knows how long they're going to live. Um, and you can look at um, actuarial tables to see how um, long you're likely to, to live given your current age and date of birth. But we don't know. Um, even a, an expected um, longevity will, is an average only, and 50% of people um, live longer than than the median so you need to um, plan for the, the possibility at least that you'll live um, longer than that health is also a major uncertainty no one chooses to get cancer or to have heart disease um, and we may have some I guess some genetic propensity towards certain diseases and can look to, to our family and what might happen in the future um, or and we can make lifestyle decisions that might make um, certain illnesses more or less likely um, but the reality is for a lot of um, health issues the number one risk factor is, is age and we don't know what we're going to, to get um, you can have health issues during the course of your working life and particularly if you're not insured um, appropriately you may end up in a substantially worse position than you anticipated um, come retirement time. And during retirement, um, you might find that, that health issues will result in you using your capital a lot faster than you could have imagined. So these are all uncertainties involved with planning for retirement. Um, it shouldn't stop us from actually trying to, to plan for these things, but we also need to realise that um, there's, there's, there are things that we don't know, um, and and we can, <laughs> in some ways, you can go both ways with that. One is that um, if we don't know, we need to have even more of a buffer when we um, try to 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 plan for these things, um, or when we think that we don't know what our health is going to be, or we don't know how long we're going to live. You could um, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, and be a little bit more fatalistic about it. But I, I think one of the, the key things with planning for retirement is we just need to take the step back and realise that A, it's not just financial, it's much broader than that. Um, and, and B, planning for retirement should be considered within the context of your broader plan for your life. My wife and I, for example, we have planned for our lives, um, both professionally and personally, and we're reaping the benefits now for the planning that we've done in the past. We're planning for the future for our retirement, and we, we plan to reap the benefits of that planning. But we've also done it in a broader context of what we want now and what we want to achieve in our life, knowing that there are, are uncertainties that we either need a buffer for or um, that may throw a lot of this planning, um, as a span, throw a spanner on the works and all of this planning. And so what 
we need to realise is you need to plan for retirement in the context of the rest of your life. And so personally, um, that that manifests in, for example, my wife and I deciding not to work the, the 60 plus hour weeks that we could be and accumulating as much capital as we can. Currently, we want to have more time um, to enjoy life, to enjoy each other, to enjoy our children and... It also influences, for example, the way we look to to manage our career risks. Um, I mean, I, for example, have developed, tried to develop a set of skills or a stack of talent that um, that is unique but also complements each other. For example, a background as a lawyer, um, being an authorised financial advisor, um, working in, having worked in risk and compliance and training sort of roles, these all work together to both manage any potential career risks um, and, and making me more broadly employable while also working together to, to make me, um, to, to enable me to provide unique value to other organisations and people um, wherever I possibly can. We also invest socially in our relationships with each other, but also cultivating our relationships more, more broadly, and also um, investing in our health, and so that, um, to the greatest extent possible, we can increase the likelihood that we'll have our health and that we can enjoy our life for as long as possible. Um, it also helps where we also are aiming to to build capital um, so that we can get into a position where we're financially independent but it also helps that at least from my perspective I'm building up this career capital now and I very much don't want to retire at the age of 65 um, and expect that whatever income I generate there um, into what might traditionally be my retirement or will be able to pay for the costs which in some ways reduces the, the need to accumulate quite as much capital as we otherwise might have wanted to, being aware of the uncertainties that are involved. So those are a few of the, the things to consider when um, planning for retirement. Um, it's a really big topic, um, and I've been privileged to discuss this with um, many, many people, um, including clients, um, and again... <laughs> Uh, it's it's not possible to have certainty um, when it comes to to these huge things, especially um, when we're looking multiple decades, um, possibly half a century out. But we can have confidence, and part of that process of planning and thinking about these things can make us more confident, and and just make us realise that it's part of a bigger project of living a life that we value and aligning our life now and into the future with our values and the priorities that we hold most dear. Make sure to visit the Fairhaven Wealth site and the New Zealand Wealth and Wealth blog. My data is at ASA. Disclose your document if we are request. Thanks for listening to the New Zealand Wealth and Risk podcast. Please check out the New Zealand Wealth and Risk blog at www.wealthandrisk.nz and feel free to sign up to the mailing list. You're also welcome to check out my financial advice business 
fairhavenwealth at www.fairhavenwealth.co.nz. Feel free to contact me. Your thoughts and feedback are welcome. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. You're awesome. Have a great day.